welcome to Queer Longing, a podcast where we discuss and explore everything that we're living for and longing for in our queer community. I am Lucy Cecil. And I'm going to stop you there because I forgot to get my mic out. Uh, <laughs> One moment. Uh, you do um, sound different, so that's good. That, right. I thought it was your AirPods, but good thing you clocked that. Just, I don't know. I'm clearly out of practice. It's been ages though, like ages. Okay. Bear with. It's like a month it's like a month ago. Um, yeah, I know. I know. Okay. Um, stunning for us. Default microphone. Change to this. You sound much better. Can you hear me good? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh you're better as well. Everything is crisp. Crisp as fuck. Yes. Um so, and I'm <laughs> Olivia Taylor, and we're back. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back we're treading the boards once again here we are hello olivia hello yeah so it, we've had a little mini end of summer break haven't we um you've been away i've been away a couple of things have happened a couple of things haven't happened um let's just do a little a little round robin roundup shall we how was your time away yeah really really good so went to um i've actually been on two would you believe it uh, UK holidays in the past time. Oh. I know. So the original one went to Cornwall uh, for a week. Uh, it was absolutely stunning. So nice. Um, just did loads and loads of like hanging out, uh, going. I even went in the sea, which is like, you know, big for me because it was cold. So <laughs> but it was loads of fun, very refreshing. Do, uh, do you not really go in for going in the sea when it's cold? Not really, no. I'm always just like, I can always talk myself out of it and be like, well, I could go in or I could just sit here and stay warm and it would be fine. <laughs> I'm not going to get okay. that much more benefit by going. So, actually, the day I went in, it was stunning. I wasn't even cold when I came out, so that was really nice. Yeah. Um, you do adapt yeah, very was... quickly to being in the sea when it's cold. Yes, you do. It's surprising. And um, the ball a wondrous vehicle. <laughs> in, um, it uh, do, you, do you have any kind of like I'm wondering whether to get some kind of like rash vest or something like that just really lean into this moment in life where you yeah. know we're not going to GAY anymore so we're buying rash vests and just running into the sea um, and if that's not a metaphor for something I don't know what is <laughs> it's definitely us uh, really peaking our 30s very early but um, yeah yeah uh, my little sister who is obsessed with always getting in the water no matter where it is um and they went in the sea twice a day every day in cornwall which was stunning for them um she's now obsessed i tell you obsessed with buying a wetsuit so <laughs> if you need any research done it's done just ask my little sister well um, I, I think it's a good move if you go into the sea, well, I've been having quite a lot of these conversations recently with people um, because the only like good thing to do is go to the beach a bit if you can. Um, and I think you just make your money back if you're planning on being a person that goes in the sea more than like six times when it's cold. Because Absolutely. if you rent a wetsuit, apparently it's like 20 quid and you can mm. buy a wetsuit for maybe 90 quid. So you know maybe it's a reasonable investment i guess you'd have to like weigh these things up for yourself but um yeah. i didn't realize it would be that expensive to rent one no they are expensive to rent you're right you know you do the math it 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 works itself out everyone should get wetsuits <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it just just forego all of the clothes 
wear your wetsuit whether you're going in the sea or not and you'll make the money back and you'll always be warm absolutely yeah so Cornwall was amazing we stayed in this like um the the only sort of like airbnb or whatever that was um available which was like this really weird cottage which was basically decked out like an old working man's club and was like each room was like called like a suite so like if you had a room called the Tritangle suite and it was like looked like something out of twin peaks it was like this huge long room with a bed at the end of it and then it had stairs down to this massive bathroom it was so weird and then my room we were like we couldn't find my room and then we were like walking back into like the kitchen area and then to our left we were like oh what's that there was this tiny like corridor that got smaller as it went down it was dark (laughs) and then it just had a room (laughs) just had a door that said seven on it and that was my room and it felt i cannot tell you how haunted it felt it was i was gonna say is, is it is it haunted by a working man yeah absolutely it was i was i was genuinely scared and like um there it was like uh that time was that week where there was loads of wind um really windy windy yeah. storms so in the night like i thought my bed was shaking because it was that windy wow. <laughs> that's how spooky this house was so. <laughs> um yeah but it was really really nice uh enjoyed that and then um, we uh, came back to Manchester, etc. And then um, we were all yearning for the sea again. And we just booked an impromptu weekend to Wales, which I've just come back from this weekend. And that was so nice as well. And just did loads of sitting by the sea again and just, you know, having some beers and just wandering around and, and reading books and really what more is there to want? Probably a few things, but at the moment, that's a very nice thing. <laughs> There's nothing else, Olivia. Yeah. <laughs> So how was, I know you've been on a trip as well. How was your trip? How have your couple of weeks been? Yeah, it was, it was really nice. I um, had 11 days of no work, which not, wait, about, yeah, 11 days. Is it 11 days? Yes. Yeah, you did. Um, so that, that's quite a lot of days because I basically taken no days off uh, other than like the odd day here and there since lockdown. Um, so yeah, it was really good. And I went to Wales, um, went to Anglesey and did some really nice, you know, just all the things, some coastal walks. Went to um went to their sea zoo, um, which <laughs> uh, le- <laughs> left a little bit to be desired in in my opinion. It 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 was cute, but um I basically like walked the whole thing in about six minutes and then it was the end of the sea <laughs> zoo. Um but it was raining on that day, so we needed to like do a thing that was inside. But um, yeah. we're pretty lucky, pretty lucky with um, with the old weather. Had a couple of very nice ice creams, a lot of fish and chips, and yeah, just read books. And yeah, it was it was a good time, and just nice to stare at a few different things uh, that are different to the other usual things that I stare at. So oh god, yes, yes, those are those things. And then um, I've got this week and next week in work and then I've I've booked another bit of time off as well so that that will be a nice a nice little little thing to look forward to because I literally couldn't get anywhere to go in summer yeah like everywhere was booked up so most of the things I'm doing are like September October I guess well I have to tell you and this is what I said when I was we were walking did a nice coastal walk uh, in Wales this weekend I said do you know what I was like I really rate september and october for going away because you get like it might be a bit colder but you still get lots of like you still get lots quite a lot of sun sometimes if you're lucky um 
and when you do get the sun it's like beautiful autumnal sun and you get lovely evening light and all of that and like so you know september october is where it's at so i think you can have a stunning time when you go away meddling kids are back at school (laughs) exactly (laughs) or actually well who knows whether they'll be back at school or not by the time october happens we will have to wait and see but yeah they'll be doing something somewhere um but yeah it was just nice to have um a bit of a break well that all sounds absolutely stunning i'm very pleased for both of us and our holidays (laughs) um and whilst we have been apart you know, my my heart personally has longed for you. But uh, what have you been living and longing for in this time? Well, I have been absolutely living for Christine Quinn from Selling Sunset. Um, <laughs> I will continue to live for her until my dying day because she is just the best thing that's ever happened to the TV, in my opinion. And especially now that Keeping Up With The Kardashians has uh, finished after 21 seasons, um, Selling Sunset has been the balm to my soul because I am an OG Keeping Up With The Kardashians stan and have watched all 21 seasons and all of the spin-offs. Um, whether that's something that I should admit to or not is still up for debate, but I can only speak my truth and that is my truth. Um, you know, I was with Kim emotionally when she lost her diamond earrings in the ocean. You know, when she um, hit her sister with a handbag because she was jealous of her Bentley. You know, all of these really relatable moments that have carried us um, through the years on Keeping Up With The Kardashians. Um, and I think that, you know, that has always been my go-to uh, zone out show. But now Selling Sunset is just the real deal. And I am late to the party with this, plowed through all three series in probably less than a week which is kind of gross if you think about it that's what 24 so that's like like 20 hours of anyway yeah it's a lot of hours yeah um, we've got them we've got them have you have you watched any of it or do you kind of know what selling sunset is about uh, i tried to watch the first episode i think i watched maybe half or 40 40 ish i don't know are they an hour probably a bit less than an hour I yeah would, i, I would tried say. to watch I think I watched like 65% of it um, in two sittings. So I gave it one go and then I was like, right, I'm going to give it another go. And I gave it two goes, um, but it was two goes and then it's out. (laughs) I, for for me, I think I I couldn't like, it was, I I get that it's like, I get why it's entertaining and why it's like great, like mindless comfort telly. But like, for me, it's just like such a reprehensible like bit of our world that I really don't want to be a part of. (laughs) So especially when I I think like uh, I'm a bit more involved in knowing about a lot about like housing and stuff in our country being such a shit show. And I just couldn't bear to like see all these disgusting huge homes and people buying them for loads of money, basically. (laughs) It is. It is gross. And it's weird that at this time there's been such um, such an interest in it, like psychologically, why is this a thing that should work now of of all times i don't know what the answer is um because obviously you know i'm never gonna have that life i'm never gonna like live in a house like that i don't know anyone like this but maybe it's just because it's almost like it's so far removed from my lived experience it's kind of like ultimate escapism because i think there's part of me that like doesn't believe it exists do you know what i mean yeah so um yeah, so it just seems like these like beautiful cyborg aliens living in a place that 
I've never, I mean, I've, I've been to LA, but obviously not like that life and that, <laughs> that, yeah, that amount of um, wealth. So I guess it's so far removed that I can kind of access it in a different way, in, in a sense, is the only way that I can think as to why it appeals to so many people, rightly or wrongly. Um, and Christine Quinn is just the best character. So did you like see her when you watched it? Is she the one with, she's got blonde hair. Yeah, I mean, a lot of them do, but it's like yeah, really like, long. Really long, like poker straight. Yes. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I clocked her. Yeah. She's the one that people were saying was like cold. Yeah, and they've made her out to be like the, the villain of the piece, basically. Right. Um, but she just is amazing. She has some really great one-liners. She does a lot of like not very great things in the series, but um, just really, really compelling reality, like scripted reality TV. And, yeah. Oh, I don't know. And then I um, I tweeted about her, and she liked it, and it was a real, it was a real day for me. What a moment! So, That's such a good moment. It was a moment in time. Um that I'll always remember. So Selling Sunset has been where it's at for me, um, but specifically Christine Quinn. And I'm just living for her all the time. And longing for, God, who knows? <laughs> who knows, really? Um, uh, enough. <laughs> you just don't know what to long for anymore because the rules can change and you might not be able to long for it. <laughs> so I just don't know. Can't long for normality because who knows if that will exist or what normal means. I just don't really know what to long for, to be honest, Lucy. Not to go too existential on you, but I just don't. That's totally fine because equally, I was just looking at my living for and I was like, well, that's not really. I mean, I don't, I just put the sea, but I've already talked about the sea. So like, <laughs> it's, you know, I just, it's hard to live. It's hard to live <laughs> anything long for anything it's difficult i get it it's fine you can you can have a pass on longing this week like a pass on living thank you <laughs> um <laughs> but i am longing for and it's a bit of just a like way to talk about a thing but um and, and i am longing for i think it will be good um but i am longing for uh the release of the film ammonite which i'm sure you have seen the trailer for have. So, yes so this is a film starring uh, Kate Winslet and Saoirse Ronan in like the main uh, duo. Uh, it's like a lesbian period drama um, set by the sea. Oh my God. <laughs> but, um, so it's, it looks really good. It's made by Francis Lee who made uh, God's Own Country, which was um, a stunning queer film. Um, and I think it will be really, really good. Um, what I wanted to talk about though was uh, that it kind of has start sparked this uh, like internet chat debate about like uh, lesbian movies um, and about how like all lesbian movies, well, people were claiming that a lot of lesbian movies are period movies. And oh, so did why you do we see fa- have? Did you see fat Gauth's Gauth's uh, post about this? Uh, is, is maybe what, uh, I don't. There were a lot. There were a lot going around. Um, I never know how to pronounce their uh, handle. It's like that, it's like fat Gauth, but spelt Gauth. <laughs> How's Gauth spelt? Like G A W T H. And um, she has a really good Instagram of like cool things. And um, she did a post, I think it was her, um, 
discussing this very topic and had said that there has been this untrue um thing going around that the only um the only films with queer women in are like period dramas and period films and she's like it's not true at all and she provides like a list and she was like these are just some off the top of my head but um you know people need to know and especially like younger people that um you need to you need to do a bit of you need to do a bit of research and a little bit of digging sometimes to find things you're not just gonna like get everything you need on netflix and i think that that harkens back to like this is gonna sound so back in my day but it is true but do you remember like (laughs) we would literally scramble for crumbs on the internet of things to watch things to relate to um and really put in the hours to find stuff like I know I did because there was just nothing yeah buy like dvds off these like weird websites it would take like seven weeks for it to come and like all of those things so they do exist but there's loads of them there's so much there's so much lesbian uh you know queer women content uh that is not period yes there is a lot of period lesbian stuff as well um and i think more than actually I'd say there's been more of that um mm. and uh you know but it doesn't mean the other stuff doesn't exist actually um there was a really great uh tweet thread which i just wanted to um uh, 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 reference which was um which was by the author brandon taylor who wrote real life which is supposed to be a very very good queer book which has come out recently um but he was just talking about how um like we should right i'm just gonna i'm just gonna quote from him so he says there is a backlash happening re sapphic period pieces so i'm gonna just stay over here in my own business but what i will say is that we should evaluate art from an expectation of surplus rather than from a place of scarcity he goes on to like do a bit of a thread and then there's this really good just rounding out tweet he says but anyway i do think if we're going to suffer under this weird ethic of representation then yes and is more helpful than no no this because tbh more is always better because sometimes the mood do be changing so i think what he's sort of saying and i agree with is that like we should be grateful and happy and like well not we should be grateful i don't like that as a phrase but like we should be you know happy that there's any representation and we should be like yes and more of other things rather than no no this is the wrong kind of representation we need other representations yeah yeah and i think it's very important yeah i I agree i think it's one thing to um to recognize that things may be sort of going in a certain way and to question it and to ask questions why but i think it i think also because we have been um hashtag blessed with so much um abundance it's very easy i think especially for people who are so used to streaming services to um believe that that is where this content begins and ends and if you haven't been used to um seeking things out and perhaps paying for um art and on an individual basis um then it's maybe something that you need to try because um that is how you find a lot of gems yeah definitely um so yeah i mean all in all out i am still longing to see that film i think it will be great two stunning actresses can't wait to see them fall in love (laughs) totally and like i'll never have anyone negging gentleman jack obviously (laughs) (laughs) 
I was listening to, been doing a lot of driving, and um, I put on like uh, the our queer longing track of the week playlist actually because I was like I'm just intrigued. every now and then I'm like oh what's gonna be on there and the gentleman Jack uh, theme tune struck up and I was like oh <laughs> what's this but have you um, picked up on um, the the pulse of the nation while you've been having a break have you been uh, consuming any queer news gossip anything to report well, as you know, Olivia, I'm not quite the Reuters hot desk that you are, um, but it's before I pass over to you with more hot, hot news, I see that um, uh, there's going to be a Strictly Come Dance UK first, I don't know, in another country, but, um, uh, and Nicola Adams, the boxer, lovely, lovely heart, the first uh, contestant to be in a same-sex couple. What was really cool and uh, is happening, finally. Um, and I think she's also exciting to see. I watch Strictly, but I think that it's happening. Yeah, um, that is really exciting. Um, I believe it's happened before on um, Dancing with the Stars, um, which is obviously like the equivalent in the US um but yeah obviously the first time for us and I think it's going to bring in a whole different audience and um yeah just be really exciting to have that representation finally yes absolutely agree love to see it um but straight over to the news desk it's been a few weeks Olivia what has been happening (laughs) well as we all know um I mean this is very sad um about the california wildfire um which broke out um towards the end of last week and it was um announced that it was because a gender reveal party had had some kind of like pyrotechnic um device designed to show whether this couple was having a boy or girl and then um it set something on fire and then generated this massive um this massive wildfire in California. And apparently it's not the first time that a gender reveal party has caused a fire um, for similar, for similar reasons. So if that is not a reason to cancel those things, then I don't know what is. They should come with a health warning for many reasons, not least the fact that they can cause wildfires. Absolutely. It's completely like fucking madness. Like, uh yeah i mean (laughs) if that's not enough to tell you that like your feelings on gender are toxic then i don't know what is um yeah hopefully we'll make some people think twice before buying whatever the fuck that was that is pyrotechnic and also pink or blue who knows i know like what is it i'm just imagining some kind of like catherine wheel that like spurts out blue or pink fireworks or something yeah that's exactly what I'm imagining. I think, I think we all have the same vision of what they would, what it could be. Oh my um, God. Just horrible, horrible that that is, has occurred, you know, come from that. Um, and it's just so goddamn unnecessary. Well, yeah, so that is the latest for gender reveal parties. Um, but also um, on, um, sorry, also, um, straight in to the Queer Longing news desk is um, a new one about the Disney Plus um, new live action version of Mulan. Have you heard of that happening? 
Yeah, so I know that Mulan is coming out um, soon or has come out. Uh, yeah, and I've I've seen there's a bit of sort of uh, chat around it, but I haven't really uh, delved into it at all. What's what have people been saying on the blogs? Well, basically, um, they released Mulan um, to come out in September, and um, it's part of Disney Plus. So you have to have the subscription, but then you have to pay an extra fee to watch this movie. Um, so I don't know who's watching it or not watching it. Yeah. But what I can tell you is, for a long time, um, historically, Mulan has been seen as a real um, kind of queer stan movie of the disney sort of canon um not least because we see um mulan um portraying um different genders and different gender identity um but also because the love interest in the original um animated version um li shang um basically treats and interacts with mulan in the same way when um, she is presenting herself as a male as she does when she's female. And it shows a lot of side-by-sides of him looking at her in the exact same way in kind of like a really sort of loving, gentle um, way. And a lot of bisexual um, people have really identified with and cherished this film um, for for that reason. But apparently... Um, Disney has allegedly engaged in bi-erasure by um, eliminating this same character and instead creating this new character that has been described as strapping, cocky and handsome and determined to be the best soldier in human history. And so basically they've said full of himself with a mean bullying streak he quickly realizes that mulan is his chief rival but he does not realize that she is a woman then the description goes on to explain that after learning that his rival is a woman his intense feelings of rivalry turn into something very different something like love so to quote instead of a bisexual icon mulan viewers will seemingly be treated to a bullying jock who's full of himself um so yeah, it sort of feeds into that kind of um, toxic rhetoric around, um, you know, uh, feeling th- feeling threatened by somebody if they seem to be, you know, stepping on your turf as another man. But then when you find out that they're a woman, you can like let yourself just like love them because they're no longer a threat yes. to you. And a lot of just really not that great messaging there. Yeah. Um, Whereas in the previous animation, it was just that, you know, he loved Mulan, whatever. And then, yeah, you know, loved Mulan at the end. So yeah, <laughs> that is rubbish. Yeah. I, I, have, I have to say, though, I haven't seen the film. So I haven't actually seen this for myself, but it is what seems to be um, reported and, and doing the rounds on Twitter and stuff. So if that is the case, then it's just, you know, we don't need that. We don't know. It's doing it's doing a disservice to uh, you know the the original Mulan and and what people love about it. Um, God, I love the original Mulan. Do you I like it? Love the original Mulan. It's up there for me so with Hercules, God. as you know, <laughs> one of my other oh. favorites. <laughs> yeah, Mulan is great. All the songs are so good in Mulan as well. So and I feel like good. it's quite an overlooked Disney movie. 
Yes, like a lot I think of people haven't seen it. I don't know whether it came out at a weird time or like what, but it's well, definitely not like canon in the same way of like the Lion King and Pocahontas and stuff. And I don't know why that is. It shouldn't be that way, but that's definitely the vibe. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, I think um, there's probably uh, some things to look into there as to why it's not as popular. Um, but I think it's stunning. I've always loved it and I want to watch it now. So <laughs> yeah, we should do it yeah. sometime. Yeah, there probably are, again, really disappointing and rubbish yes, reasons why. Exactly. But um, yeah, I love Mulan, have always loved Mulan. And, you know, I don't know whether I'll watch this new live action um, series from what I'm hearing. It doesn't sound like it's something I would massively gravitate towards, but um, yeah, maybe I'll just go back and watch the animation to have a nice time. Oh yeah. I remember um, being like excited. They were, they were making this uh, live action, you know, being like, Oh yeah, cool Mulan, love Mulan. And then yeah, it's just been um, quite disappointing since <laughs> since then <laughs> about what they've sort of done with it. So it's a shame, but at least we do always have the cartoon to fall back on. And um, also, obviously, um, would I be myself if I was not bringing you the latest in TikTok news, Lucy? Because <laughs> it's what it's what the queers want. It's what the queers need. And um, I'm going to bring it to you hot and fresh um, for your consumption. So are you ready for this? Because, again, it's not it's not the best news. And it is a new report that claims that LGBTQ plus hashtags on the platform are being shadow banned so the claim is that tiktok is shadow banning several um lgbtq plus hashtags um and it's a report by the australian strategic policy institute which is um, a think tank that's been founded by the australian government and the australian department of defense and um, the report defines shadow banning, um, as we all know it, as an insidious form of censorship which suppresses content that's tagged with any um, of the offending hashtags, meaning that posts are much more difficult to find, even if they're not necessarily deleted. So, for example, um, the Russian word for gay yields no results when you search for it however if you put up a picture and you hashtag that word and then click through it from your own video or post you'll be able to find it so that's obviously showing that certain certain words like that um are being shadow banned and apparently they've said that it's because a lot of these words are associated with porn and that's why they've been banning them but that's not that's not the fault of the of the communities it's the fault of other people who have been um you know historically and forever uh fetishizing communities to suit their own needs and um you know taking with one hand and pointing with the other um so yeah apparently some other shadow banned hashtags include words for gay in various eastern european and middle eastern languages and the arabic words for transgender and transitioning and russian translations of i am a lesbian i am gay and hashtag gay arab in english um so yeah and it's it's not just those words there are um, a couple of other hashtags like acab which is an abbreviation for all cops are bastards and um yeah other 
other hashtags which are critical of uh, police violence as well. So the report is not just about um, shadow banning of LGBTQ hashtags. It is about other things as well. But um, obviously, uh, for our purposes, I wanted to um, to talk about that um, because that is some that is some shady moves. Yeah, that is. Um intensely disappointing i didn't know that um as first time hearing of it obviously i'm not up on all the tiktok news um that's really just (laughs) so sad and depressing and really 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 worrying um about the direction in which uh a lot of media and media outputs and stuff are, are going and the sort of control and uh want to control the out input both input and output of these platforms and that's uh yeah very distressing news yeah and if i mean it's so ironic because for me at, at the moment gay tiktok is like the main thing that i'd look at as like wind down content fun stuff like shareable funny relatable things that you talk about with friends like and the fact that that is being shadow banned is just um, in real opposition to my experience of using the um, product. And I, I hope it carries on to, to be that way that, you know, this content is really easy to access. And my algorithm seems to offer me more of that stuff the more I engage with it. So hopefully, um, hopefully that continues. But it does sound like as well in certain countries this is happening more than in other countries and there's obviously a lot more to the report than I've outlined now. Um, it's a 77 page report, but, um, again, you know, I wish it could be good TikTok news, but alas, it is not. So apart from, um, trolling the TikToks, uh, have you been watching anything else or reading anything? What have you been consuming these past few weeks? Um, well, um, a couple of bits. I obviously steamed through Selling Sunset, rightly or wrongly, as I <laughs> mentioned at the top of the podcast. Um, I also watched um, all of the um, new series of Dirty, jo- Dirty John, the Betty Broderick one. I don't know. Have I talked about this before? I can't remember. No, you've not. You did a good tweet of that about it, though. <laughs> oh, you saw my tweet. Thank you so yeah. much. Um, my one tweet that I do every nine months or whatever like um, you do like tweet a quarter yeah yeah just to just to keep it going um <laughs> yeah so if, if you haven't watched the first dirty john basically the the premise of the series is about um sort of about kind of gaslighting and emotionally abusive relationships and how these play out and it's dramatizations based on real life stories so the first one was about this guy called john um and that was the first series but this second series was um about this woman called betty broderick who um was this woman um who was married to um, a man called dan broderick who was a very um sort of a prolific um figure in the California legal world had loads of money they had this perfect life um he began to have an affair with his secretary everything began to unravel and it's basically a depiction of 
well, I don't want to do a spoiler, but kind of a lot of it is built around the spoiler. So it's about gaslighting and it's about um, emotionally abusive relationships. And it is about who is right and wrong in a lot of kind of gray areas, um, depending on whose stories you believe and um, how women's stories are told through certain lenses. So um, it's based on true story. Um, Betty Broderick's still alive. Um, I won't, I don't want to say anything in case people want to watch it, but um, if you're interested in true crime, if you're interested in um, kind of psych- like re- psychology around relationships and any of that kind of stuff, um, it's for you. Also, it's set in the 80s, so the costume and design is uh, is amazing if you're into that era, which I massively am. Um, yeah, it's it's a, it, it captures as well a moment in time, I think, for women and for um western ideals and um heteronormative ideals and all of those things so it's it's an interesting it's an interesting watch i think there's maybe like eight episodes of it um very very sort of compelling viewing if you're into that kind of thing um so i would definitely recommend it yeah it's on my list after your uh, stunning quarterly tweet update so um i'm glad you did not spoil it for me just there and then so i will yeah. be watching it um it sounds uh, very yeah compelling and interesting sadly it scores very low on the gay rights ometer um have to put that out there for you um but i think it's still worth a watch <laughs> uh, oh yeah so um when i was in wales i started watching because there was no uh no like netflix or anything there um so they had like a dvd player and you had to bring your own dvds so love that yeah i loved it too um so my auntie lent us some dvds that she had from ages ago do you remember there was a series called the affair it had dominic west in it and ruth wilson yes i've seen that Most of it. Oh, okay well i'm watching that now um i'm still like on series one I don't know. I mean, I kind of have a crush on Dominic West, I'm not going to lie, but um, I don't know whether I have a crush on him in this. He's too annoying. Um, yes. Yeah. His character is very annoying for what I remember. To be honest, I find everyone in it really annoying. So I'm struggling to... Uh, I felt that. And I think yeah. that's why I didn't finish it. It's like, I, don't, I just, I don't care. I just feel like saying, you're all idiots and I don't care about what you exactly. do. Exactly. Yeah, like, um, oh, just get on with it or don't. <laughs> yeah, the only yeah. thing that's getting me through it is that the guy who plays um, Ruth Wilson's husband in it is Pacey from Dawson's Creek, who we all know I have the hugest crush on of life. So, and also he 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 runs a ranch and it's just, it's very, yes. Yes. it's very like Brokeback oh. Mountain for him. Um, so I think they need to like redo Brokeback Mountain for 2020 and cast him as like in, 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 <laughs> Heath Ledger's, yeah, in Heath Ledger's old role because I feel like he is serving me some ranch goodness Who's, who cool, are you putting some in cool ranch <laughs> very good who are you putting as uh, Jake Gyllenhaal in this reboot um mm. ooh okay this is a good question <laughs> it is a good question 
so lucy who are men who are men that we know um, well, i mean the only, men the only the only men i can ever think about when i think about men are timothy chalonet but i don't think he's the one for this as much as i love no, him you need someone a bit more a bit more brutish brutish uh so who right i'm put um i'm doing adam driver just because i want to see it <laughs> oh yes that's a brilliant call that's inspired right. we're making that <laughs> that is inspired them on a ranch stunning broke back mountain to the re-up 2022 <laughs> we can make it happen in 18 months right absolutely okay okay put in some calls now see if we can get the rights okay see you later bye <laughs> um oh god well i can't think about anything else so this podcast is over goodbye <laughs> we both need to just have a moment we'll be back after we've put in some calls wow and then oh so who would be michelle williams so the wife oh okay one the wife yeah the wife so you've got your adam driver you've got your pacey from dawson's creek who is the wife what is that actor's name i don't know but he's just pacey from dawson's creek okay that's fine Oh, it is who I thought it was. Um, <laughs> I, I do not. I fear that a career in casting is not here. It's not it for us. <laughs> I think it is because you just cast Adam Driver, and that was amazing. Thank you so much. Um, whose wife is it? Adam Driver's or Pacey from Dawson Creek? I can't remember. It's I think Adam Drivers, isn't it? It's Adam Drivers, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Let's have Saoirse Ronan, good and everything. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's good and everything. <laughs> yeah. I sign off. I sign off. He's got um, that kind of slightly. She's like slightly like. Um, can maybe seem a bit timid, but really knows her knows what she wants and what she's about. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. And we'll also we'll give her a bigger role as well than in oh, the first definitely. Movie. Yeah, she's gonna have her own story. She is. Um, okay. Well, I'm glad that that. <laughs> okay, great. Can't wait. That's sorted. Um, yeah. So what else? Um, oh, I've I read quite a few books um, nice. recently that I would um, like to recommend. Speaking of um, the sea and various um, various things, um, have you read The Outrun by Amy Liptrot? Yeah, I really liked that. Loved that. Yeah, that was just so the book to read on holiday. And I'm yes. obsessed with going to the Orkneys now. Yeah, I really want to go to the Orkneys. Um, uh, and like, yeah, that book really does it for, if you like anything to do with like, you know, lovely seascapes being described as well as like trauma, then, you know, get signed <laughs> up. It's great. Yeah. Um, I also love books that are um, about people who just start again at everything. Love oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like a clean slate moment, and they're starting again. Not at like, oh, you know, I did one job when I was eighteen, and now I'm nineteen, and I need to start again. Like, no, you're in your thirties, you've had like quite a bit of life, and you're starting again. Like, you like, you like a wild. You want to see them do a wild. I want to see them do a wild. I want to 
how, I want to see the stuff that went before. I want to see what's happening in the middle. I want to see where they're going. I want oh, to feel like very meaty. And I think for this, and especially because it was based on um, Amy's real life um, experiences, um, yeah, it just felt um, like I could relate to it and was really well written. I couldn't believe it was her first book. It, it was just very vivid and evocative of this place. And I don't know, I think it'd be a great movie. Yes, definitely. I can see that in the works. Um, yeah, really good book. Very, very nice. Um, I also read The Terrible by Yessa Daly Ward. Um, have, you, have you read that? No, I've heard of that, it. Yeah, that was a really good book. Um, and I read um, Evening Primrose as well. Also another one from Tom and Jamie that they lent me, which was um, brilliant. But then um, most recently... I read, and I don't know if you read this, Three Women. No, I haven't. I know a lot about it. I remember Tom and Jamie when they read it um, and various other people. And I know that you are a huge fan. I'm a huge fan. It was so compelling. I read it in like a day and a half. It was great. Wow. Um, And it is what it says on the tin. It is the stories mainly of three women and the chapters sort of flip between each of the three. And... um, it's based on the real lives of these women and the writer um lisa tadeo um had a really sort of immersive experience in writing it and went to live in the places that they lived for like years and you really feel like you are as much as you can possibly be in the minds of these women um like you are these women because obviously she's come so close to them and to their families and friends and the environments that they inhabit and I think that to sort of have that intimacy with characters especially ones that are are real um you just can't do in that way a lot of the time um but she's really just taken it there and it just makes it it, it, it's just like watching something happen as if it were you almost because it just feels so second nature how how she writes it and just so real so um yeah it's it it's all they're all sort of different stories but all broadly based around um female desire and sexuality in, in various different ways from varying different perspectives so I couldn't recommend it highly enough you'll read it in like one second and I'm sure you'll I'm sure you'll really like it so those are my recs what are yours nice yeah that uh, three women's definitely on my list it's uh I've seen it you know you know it's one of those books that's out and about and it's you've yeah. got to read it like and it has such thing. an iconic yeah. cover as well like it's been everywhere um yeah so it's yeah it's taken me a long time to get to it but I'm really glad that I have and I will say one thing and one thing only and that is cream egg and you'll know when you've read it okay <laughs> all right I'll um, remember that <laughs> and to those of you who have read it you know um so that is that um what have you been uh, reading, consuming, doing, enjoying? Well, I mean, I've spent a lot of the past um, few weeks, uh, you know, on holidays, etc. And there have been, you know, uh, minimal options of what to watch and also, you know, maximum audience to please or whatever. Uh, and I have weirdly watched some of the straightest films of my life. So... <laughs> 
uh, very disappointingly for this podcast, I have watched, what did I watch? I watched, we watched The Big Short. We watched Godfather 2. We watched, I watched Joker, which by the way, totally overrated. We watched two Spider-Man films. Um, the first of the Tom Holland ones, eh, kind of fine. But I do have to do a special shout out to Enter the Spider-Verse, which is like the animation, new animation Spider-Man that came out, I think, last year. That okay. is such a good film. It is so fun. So like full of all the bits you want from that kind of film. Um, and just great characters, really, really uh, good arc and uh, really pulls you in. Lo- really funny, like laugh out loud funny. I thought that was stunning. So I just would like to shout that out. I've never, never heard of that. Um, oh, it's so good. Yeah, really, really, really recommend. Um, and if you like, like Spider-Man is, I'm not really that big into like superheroes and stuff like that really, but I do have soft spot for Spider-Man. So um, mainly the Tobey Maguire years. <laughs> Uh, so I can recommend it if you're a Spider-Man fan, a Spider fan. Um, uh, yeah. So apart from watching all those really straight films, we did watch when we were in Wales. Similarly, you know, there was a DVD player and nothing else. Um, and we bought a couple of DVDs and we watched um, Thelma and Louise because uh, Izzy and Adam had never seen Thelma and Louise. I've seen it once before, but we watched it. That is just such a stunning, stunning grade A film about women and about friendship and about, you know, adversity and not being able to escape your life and not being able to escape men um that have you know uh, had a bad effect on your life as somebody as an innocent bystander in a sense so yeah i uh, just really want to recommend that to anyone who hasn't seen it it's obviously a stunning film and susan sarandon gina davis brilliant performances and just look they both look amazing and i just want all their outfits <laughs> so so bad um so yeah recommend that um but so aside from that i uh, haven't really watched anything queer which is uh, you know sad for this exact moment but i have read i read a couple books i've read um i read the accidental by ali smith which is not particularly queer but uh, i will shout it out because it's another film set in a house that some people are staying in in in, uh, in the summer months which obviously is my main theme of books apparently so uh but that was good i enjoyed that and then i read um the the this book which has the most misleading and um oh, what's that word like it is the book cover that does the least justice to a book ever this okay. is its cover <laughs> right right that looks crap right it looks like cheap lit like not very good um and it's such an unfortunate cover because this is a really good book. So this, uh, so I read Valencia by Michelle T. So I've talked about Michelle T on the podcast before. She wrote um, Black Wave, which uh, was a book I read last year, which is set in like a queer dystopic San Francisco and LA. Um, and it's just a really like really, really good book if you're into both sort of dystopias and queer bits, which I think a lot of people are. So uh, definitely, definitely read Black Wave. I really, really liked it. Valencia is sort of self-autobiographical, uh, self-autobiographical. <laughs> is sort of autobiographical. <laughs> Um, and is basically Michelle's recounting of like her years living in San Francisco as a lesbian it is just like heady with like really queer descriptions of parties of falling in love of lust of drinking of drugs of like uh 
like what to wear of working not wanting to work all those things um i just wanted to read a quick uh little passage from it which i think sort of gives you the idea of the sort of pace of it and like the um what you're in for if you're going to read this book which i recommend you do so this is like after one of many many breakups so she has many many breakups it's not a spoiler <laughs> okay I dove onto a plastic seat and cried. I hated San Francisco. All the sex radical girls and their sleighs and their leather. I cried and wished for cigarettes. I thought I would run away to Tucson, Arizona. I'd only just left the place. Flipped a penny when I found out my Tucson girlfriend had acquired a boyfriend. Heads was Javelina land. The plot of lesbian separ separatist land out in the Arizona desert where I could build a shack out of scrap wood and dead cactus and spend a few months falling to the dirt with heat stroke, avoiding rattlesnakes and bonding with women. Tales was San Francisco, where I could start smoking again and walk around lonely in the drizzle, writing vague love poems in my head. It had come up tales, but I was losing my faith in the penny. I just think it's very that. It's very quick. Yeah. Loads of description. Loads of like, oh, angst and oh, who am I? And oh, all these women, why won't they love me? And, I mean, uh, it's brilliant. It's so good. That, that is truly the book of queer longing. And I'm going to borrow that. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's really good. I, re I read that in like a couple, like day and a half, whatever. Like it's one of those, like you just really want to be in it. Like once you're in it, you feel really in it. And it made me feel, it was one of those things that which I think is like, uh, in a way it's quite hard to read during like uh, a pandemic when you can't really do a lot of things like going out partying and stuff like that. Not that I do a lot of that anyway, but you know, I do like, I am, a, you know, have been you've known been to be a party known. girl. You've been known, you've been known. <laughs> So, um, but it, but it did make me feel like oh I want to go out, but also it did make me feel like that thing of like God, some people do so much more than me. <laughs> like, not just now, not just now. Obviously, everyone did more than me than now. Yeah. But like you know, just like she's just there's so many house parties, and I'm like, how come we are not of house parties? <laughs> but um, yeah, I can highly recommend that. Very, 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 very good. Was this part um, of your subscription or just something that you purchased? No, anyway? I've had it for, yeah, I purchased it because I bought, um, I found out about Michelle T last year at some point and then I bought Black Wave initially because it was like post-apocalyptic and queer. Yes, please sign me up. Um, and then I bought this after reading that because I like loved that so much. Um, and I've just had it sitting around for a while. I think the main reason I didn't read it is because of the fucking cover, which does such a disservice. Um, to describe yeah. it, it is um, sort of a, a a woman scratching some sort of graffiti in a what must be a toilet, just wearing like, she, oh, she just looks like an extra from Dante's Cove. If you know what that is, then you truly are a, a, a friend of ours. But um, just looks, and it's just got like a really cheap font. It's very hard to describe, but it's very bad cover for this it's, book, which deserves yeah. a much better cover. It is, yeah. it is particularly bad. Um, I agree. It's no three <laughs> women, it's gorgeous, um, unctuous fruit. Um, yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, but speaking on the subject of um, female desire, both in um, Valencia and in uh, three women, um, I wanted to tell you about an article that I read today from Playboy. <laughs> 2020, um, you're out. Yeah, so I, you know how like there's that like age old art, uh, age old um, joke of like, oh, I, I read Playboy for the articles. Well, yes, 
I actually read Playboy for the articles. <laughs> <laughs> the articles are so good. Um, I mean, maybe maybe not all of them are, but I've read a, a few of them um, in this past maybe year. I don't know if they're doing things differently there or what the vibe is, but their social media is really good. And um, their articles are really good. And someone who writes for them on occasion is Roxanne Gay. Um, so she wrote, uh, a piece called, um, what it means to want. So, um, it's an, it's a short essay and it's full of all of these really beautiful evocative artworks as well, which, um, is part of an exclusive preview, um, of a new book called a woman's right to pleasure. And, um, the article is all about the notion of, wanting and desire and um you know basically asking the question around why aren't women allowed to desire freely so i wanted to read a little excerpt from it for you let me just find the bit that i want desire for women can be complicated while men are generally allowed to want openly to covet pleasure openly women have to be more discreet about our desires we can be wanted, but we are rarely allowed to want because if we want, if we crave, we are greedy, we are wanton, we are fallen, we are whores. If we want, we acknowledge and that we yearn to be satisfied. We acknowledge that our satisfaction matters. We demand to be seen and heard. And she talks a lot. She, she does this in, in, a, in a lot of articles where she talks about living in um, what she describes as an unruly body. Um, yeah. And she talks about her own um, relationship to want and to desire. And she says, um, for far too much of my life, I denied myself almost everything I ever wanted. Part of that denial was a fear of cultural disapprobation, a fear of being judged for wanting, a fear of being told that a woman like me living in an unruly body had no business wanting. It became something of a point of pride to live in a constant state of austere denial. Look, I would tell myself, look how little pleasure I need to survive. And she talks about how that affected um, her relationships and um, almost like, this toxic badge of honor to um, never actually divulge what her wants, needs and desires were and are. Um, because if you are in an unruly body um, or a body that is not deemed to be, um, you know, culturally or societally accepted or, or desired, it kind of makes less noise to want nothing. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. if, if we're in the bodies, et cetera, or in any way, you know, made to feel small or less, like you're made to feel like you don't deserve your wants, desires and needs, and therefore you must be quiet about them. Yeah, definitely. She does write very powerfully about stuff like that. I've always found that with her. Yeah. And it's taken her to, till now, till she's um, engaged and, um, you know, old, uh, older to... Um, be able to vocalize and act upon some of those desires or even to acknowledge that they exist and you know that that sort of point of difference not only between men and women but between women who um 
come in different forms and how those lived experiences can just be so different but just massively just accepted by the people in, who inhabit those bodies is um a really interesting thing to uh think about it's a sad thing to think about but it's definitely um for so many of us a true thing so um I thought it was a really good a really good article and she's just such a good writer so if you're interested in that go and read it it is a short one a six minute essay um on playboy i love it was that one of the uh, is that do you know it's six minutes because it told you it was going to be i love it when they do that yeah so me um so medium does that and um yeah playboy does it as well but actually speaking of let me just find this because the weirdest thing today oh my god let me find it i can't oh, believe okay. i haven't thought of this till now okay so i get um the medium daily digest to my emails based on things that i've like said i want to know about i guess at some point in my life and i read this article today and i was honestly like are we in the handmaid's tale like what is happening so this article um is on medium and it's called 12 mistakes women need to stop making if they want a healthy relationship okay so i won't read the whole thing but let me just tell you the 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 titles of each of these of these 12 things that we need to stop doing okay (laughs) number one this is a real article yeah yeah number one Flipping out if he looks at or talks to another woman. Number two, not respecting his personal space. Number three, not taking care of yourself or letting yourself go. Number four, not having your own life. Number five, being passive aggressive. Number six, nagging. Number seven, not appreciating him. Number eight, being bitter, whiny or grouchy. Number nine, dumping your insecurities onto him. Number 10, trying to change him. Number 11, not loving him in the way that makes him feel loved. Number 12, going too fast. Um, excuse me, what? I'm going away now, Olivia. You won't see me for a long time. I, so... That is some that is some like straight up trad wife shit. Izzy gets weird things like that on Pinterest all the time that are like links to fifteen things you're doing wrong with your husband or like sixteen ways to please your husband tonight you won't believe number eight or whatever. And like <laughs> they are, it's just so depressing. There's number so- eight number number eight is like a pot roast. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. Uh, I guess I kept looking through it because I thought it was a joke. I was trying to find like the joke, but there was no joke. And that was the real twist in the tale. Truly was the joke in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, it, I do that often with things like that. You you come across and you're like, oh, right, it's satire. And then you're like, oh, fuck, it's not satire. It's not satire. It was really bizarre. Yeah. I think it just really, really proves that there's still a long way to go. Um, Yeah. It's uh, it's not over yet. <laughs> and actually, in the interest of time, and because this is really bad, that's going to be my I don't agree with it for this week, Lucy. Very good one. And that should be yours. And that's fine. We don't need to do it in whatever way. So that, so that could be mine. Um, but obviously, we need to talk about you. So it's time for your... I don't agree with it. So another week, another I don't agree with it. What is your I don't agree with it for this week? Ooh. 
it's a biggie this this time olivia i'm glad that we've got around to it when in this podcast it's something that uh it truly I, i'd written this um down for when we were going to be doing a podcast a couple of weeks ago and we ended up not doing it and um i've just read it back and gone oh and been like reminded of the incident right now okay Whew. my <laughs> i don't agree no i'm just going to tell the story because it's it's better i'll tell the story um, and you'll understand what I don't agree with pretty quickly. Um, so I don't talk about my workplace very often, um, but I'm leaving now. Uh, um, and um, and uh, one of my boss's kids came in to like say hi. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> It's like totally fine, totally normal. Like they come in sometimes. It's cute. They're really nice kids. Um, and, uh, my my. So I've got two bosses, as it were. One of them, the kids have come in. The other one was t- talking about. They've been talking about American football. It's confusing as to how things ever start in a conversation, but they were talking about Aaron Hernandez, who was a NFL player who uh, killed some people and then killed himself. Um, and there's a whole Netflix documentary about it. And um, they were talking about that because uh, a few people had watched it. So they were talking about that. And so my boss was sort of talking very, this is this important background, talking very loudly about murder and um, killing, uh, you know, uh, someone uh, like committing the act of suicide and very loudly into the office. And the kids were going, why did he kill people? This is all very important because... Then the conversation sort of changed and the kids weren't really listening anymore. But uh, my boss was still talking to one of my uh, colleagues and he said, uh, well, I think, um, you know, and he's still talking very loudly. He's like, I think one of the reasons they, they think that he killed himself was because, and then he whispered the word, he said, because he was, and he whispered the word bisexual. So he went, because he was a bisexual. Right. And then he continued his conversation. Um, and immediately, I just felt like I felt I felt gross like I felt uh I felt sh- like I felt sh- shame because I was like oh why is he whispered that anyway I left it for like a bit let him finish his conversation and then I went um why did you whisper bisexual just then and he was like oh well um I, d- I didn't want the uh I didn't want the children to hear and I was like right and I was like why not uh like it's not exactly a bad word is it and he was like oh well i I don't like saying uh sex in front of children i was like we're not saying sex you're saying bisexual which is different and um and i was like and he was like oh well i don't want them going home and saying oh mommy what's a bisexual and i was like why not um and he was like oh well she shouldn't have to explain that to them and i was like well it's not exactly hard to explain she can easily explain you know, mommy and daddy, I'm sure she can explain what a bisexual person is. Uh, it's not like something they don't need to know about. Um, and he's like, oh no. And I was like, but you're happy to like spout really loudly about suicide and murder, which are, yeah, very easy things to explain to children, sure. Um, and then he told me that I was being, no, so I said, well, to be honest, I'm offended that you whispered bisexual, that, that, that is offensive to me. And he told me I was being ridiculous. He said, oh, you're being ridiculous. Don't be so ridiculous. Uh, And I was like, and I just said, you cannot tell me that I'm being ridiculous when I've told you that I am offended by something. 
So my I don't agree with it is people telling you that you're being ridiculous when you've been told that you're being offended by something. And this basically sums up my whole life at this job and one of the reasons why I'm leaving. <laughs> so, but uh, I just, it was such a really vivid instance of that thing of people still attributing, you know, I, like we talked about earlier, like fetishizing and sexualizing uh, sexuality and feeling that it's something that has to be shielded from children. Um, and, you know, because instantly in the whisper of bisexual, he was attributing shame to that word and he was attributing shame to that being a reason why somebody uh, killed themselves, which I think, you know, that there was like shame in it for Aaron Hernandez, I suppose. I don't know that much about it, but like it's that attribution to that, that word. And that if the kids had heard any of it, they've now heard a whisper of the word bisexual and they now know that that's something that shouldn't be talked about. And I was just absolutely fuming and I'm fuming again, <laughs> as you might be able to tell. Uh, and I absolutely do not agree with it. Thank you very much. Well, first of all, I think that the hardest thing in those moments is finding the courage when you are in the midst of that moment and wrongfully feeling shamed to actually vocalize your offense um yeah. or the the offense that you're experience the offense that you're experiencing like it's so much easier in those moments where you feel you know wobbly or upset to um to minimize it to uh pretend it hasn't happened to sweep it away as like one of the many sort of microaggressions that exist in our society because you know ultimately it's more work and more of an emotional upheaval for you to um take that person to task whether it's you know in a way that ends up being fine of like oh you know hey that wasn't cool here's the reasons why and you know it all works out you still your heart's still thumping in your chest no one likes to be that person no one thrives off that particularly well I don't think many people do it's a really difficult thing in that moment to be offended but also to do all of that work in the same moment so I think to to do that is um the harder thing and the braver thing and um it's good that you good that you did it because it mustn't have felt like a super easy thing to do in that moment yeah normally uh i've had a lot of these sort of incidences and various to varying degrees in this uh bit of employment this is not to say that this has been like all that there is at this job i've also had a nice time but there has been a lot of this and um i usually would kind of maybe let it slide um but i sort of have decided that um because i'm only there for a few more weeks i will be bringing up every single point where I think that they are saying something that's not okay because uh, usually the sort of emotional work is too much but and this was a very this was a bit different usually it's like something that's sort of poking fun at me which is a bit sort of different this was very much I felt I felt like I felt that gross pit in my stomach like oh feeling when he whispered it and I was like that's disgusting I should not have to feel like that and you know like they should not go around saying things like that so um 
yeah i i'm glad i did i was i was like shaking you know like couldn't i was like it was hard to even like say anything but i'm glad i did um and just to paint the picture cherry on top to really really uh finish it off here to let you know exactly the kind of uh type of person i was dealing with uh they then proceeded to spend the whole rest of the day uh, acting offended that I was offended so they were then offended that I had uh said that I had been offended which is just yeah very that situation but anyway um I just don't agree with it at all and um people need to fucking think on (laughs) So. so to decompress over these last few weeks you know what I've always loved to turn to is some banging tunes it's time for track of the week olivia what have you been listening to well um i have started watching um a very high school netflix series called trinkets i don't know if you have come across this yeah i know of it i haven't watched it no no not yet i think you'll like it it's very high school and it's also gay rights as well um and it has yeah well two for two Two for Tuesday. Um, it has, <laughs> it has um, a, a really good soundtrack, and they do um, a lot of they play a lot of Saint Vincent in there. And um, there's this there's this sort of like vignette moment where um, they play fast slow disco, and it's like this moment between the, the three main girls in the series, okay. and then it's followed up by slow disco the piano version of that song um when the drama sort of goes into a different bit and um yeah i just thought it was really cool how they did that and it reminded me how much i liked both of those songs so um i guess it's kind of one song kind of two songs but they're my tracks of the week i guess two for tuesday um yeah it is uh that that's a banging song love that song so very good uh choice st vincent always good always good yes um what are your tracks or track of the week this week lucy just a singular one from me um you know but you know maybe uh maybe i'll do loads next time no i'm joking Um, (laughs) my 56 tracks of the week (laughs) uh so my track of the week comes from pillow queens um they have a new track out called holy show um and it's just really fucking great it's so like rousing does a load of great building you know i love a builder um it's sort of (laughs) angsty it's got like regrets of not saying the right kind of thing in the relationship or not really knowing what you're doing um there's a really stunning great queer vid with two gals in and um i can't recommend both that song and that band enough they are great they are queer and they are a good time so listen to that yeah i like i like pillow queens they have a lot of really great like normcore outfits which i like um like very just like gap basics that are very satisfying to see (laughs) (laughs) lover basics i'm really entering a basic stage of my life i feel so yeah and by the way that's not that's not a read that's that's a compliment like i'd like it definitely yeah Yeah. definitely okay good um okay um and on someone who i can't say 
frequents the gap base exile very often but we still absolutely love her and it could be no other it never will be any other apart from on the weeks that she doesn't do anything and we have to talk about jay mcdonald but it's time for celine watch another week uh another another celine watch um what has our mad cat gal been up to this week well um it's a it's just a fun nice one this week it's a bit of light celine related um sort of humor and content you've probably seen this i'm I'm sure you have this is where two of your passions uh two of i would say our passions but mainly your passions at the moment um unite this is where celine dion meets tiktok Mm. so um a Former American Idol semi-finalist, uh, Shubha Vadula has become a TikTok favorite with her uncanny impressions of Celine Dion singing popular rap songs. That's right, she's done some stunning videos where she does a ballad cover of both Savage by Megan Thee Stallion and also WAP. What more could you want from some Celine content? And I've seen the videos, I think you probably have too, correct? I, do you remember I, I, I posted the WAP one? In fact, you did. <laughs> <laughs> And I knew I'd seen it somewhere before. <laughs> That's because you posted it. <laughs> well, anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think they're stunning. They're very, very entertaining. And I do love anything that's like a, um, you know, a, a redoing of a song in a certain way. Very entertaining. Yeah. I've um, even seen ones where, like, they are pret- they're pretending that it's, like... Um, one of the like mates funerals and then they make it like a choir and then they make the person who's like going to be dead like in the coffin <laughs> and yes. they all sing WAP but they sing it like a church yes. choir it's like the most so extra thing ever but there are so many ways that you can um, you can repackage WAP I suppose absolutely yes <laughs> yes there are um and yeah i uh, just thought that was a lovely great little nod to our dear celine and she has seen them and she approves of them i think she reposted them with the comment oh wow so oh wow you know, okay oh, oh wow is what she said okay um, so as long as yeah. she signs off then that's yeah that's fine any celine content any wap content i'm there that song i cannot stop listening to it that is such you know it's everything we talked about it a bit before but it's just so great and it has as you said it's led to a lot of stunning extra wap content so we're pleased for that i mean i just live for like all tiktok songs and obviously that's (laughs) one because of the because of the dance but um (laughs) do you have you seen the one that um that is me the me pan zoo 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 one Oh my god. A what? <laughs> no, but just No, just that in general. Yeah. Yes, I have. Because I had not seen that until a few weeks ago. Sean at my office showed me that and I lost my mind. I thought it was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we keep, I mean, we keep singing it to each other. <laughs> it's now got to the point that like whenever I eat something, I'll be like, meow, meow, meow. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Um, it has permeated my very day-to-day existence and I'm not sorry. No, you should not apologise for that. To take what you can get. <laughs> but as we close out this stunningly long and uh, gorgeous episode for you, we'd just like to say that if you do ever want to get in touch, you can do by various means. We have got an email, queerlogging at gmail.com. We are on Twitter and 
Instagram at queer longing. And we love it when you slide in the DMS. Um, and you know, just tell us anything you're living and longing for any queer bits, any not queer bits, whatever, you know, we're happy to hear from you. Aren't we? Yeah. Come on. Don't be shy. <laughs> Absolutely. And we are about to, as per usual, go and make some food and probably just fall into a gay TikTok hole. And um, until next time, we will be loving you, leaving you. And as always, longing for you. Till next week. Bye. Bye.